We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so let's get to some of these big games this weekend, Ryan. And I think that that for me, there's several really interesting games this weekend for me. Mm-hmm. And the most interesting for me, there's really two, but the one I kind of zeroed in on is as just the most intriguing game for me this weekend is is Miami and Texas A and M. And you and I had a bit of a different prediction on this one. I believe you picked. Uh, uh, Miami, correct? I picked Texas A&M. You picked Texas A&M as well because we were split. Yep. Our staff was split a little bit. Sean Davis picked Miami. Uh, Andrew picked Miami. Yeah, you picked A&M 28-22. I went A&M 27-24, and in my prediction I said part of my prediction was Jimbo was eventually going to be forced to bench Haynes King and put in <laughs> Max Johnson, and he would rally him and win the game. It came out, reports are. Now, again, I don't know if this has been verified by A&M, but there's multiple reports coming out that Max Johnson is, in fact, going to start this weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Miami can beat them if Max Johnson starts. I no. don't know why he didn't start him in the first place, to be completely honest with you. It, it's still either. a mystery to me. Uh, I never understood that. And and the other thing, to make it worse, is Miami is, is going to be without their leading receiver this weekend. And that For little Shrepo. spot, guy, yeah, yeah. Shrepo's really good player the first couple of weeks. So yep. I still need to see Miami kind of go do it to a good team. Mm-hmm. And I think the worst thing to happen to Miami was AM losing last weekend. Yeah. Because now they're 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 gonna be even more ready for this game. I still don't trust Jimbo. This is a game Miami can win, Ryan. Mm-hmm. It's just it's gonna be tough. I mean, AM just lost to App State. That doesn't mean that they're gonna lose to every team that they play the rest of the way. That's not how it works. Yeah. Right. I I I, I think AM was overrated, but I think and they were flat out, they were not a top ten team. Apparently, mm-hmm. neither was Notre Dame. They were not a top 10 team coming into the year. Their talent isn't what people make it out to be, but they're definitely better than what they showed last week. And I think the move to Max Johnson is going to be exactly what they need to get it. And I don't Jimbo keeps trying to run a pro style offense with mobile quarterbacks and he doesn't know how to make it work. When his offense works is when he's got a guy that's going to sit back in the pocket and throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's what Max Johnson can do. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, Brian, it just comes down pretty simple that... I'm also not a Jimbo guy. I think anybody that listens to this show knows that I'm not the biggest Jimbo Fisher fan. <laughs> but unquestionably, Texas A&M is the more talented team. Now, that's not always the team that wins, right? right? But Texas A&M is a more talented team than Miami. My biggest thing is that I think that Miami, two years from now, is going to be a re- in a really good spot, yeah. right? Like, I like Mario Cristobal. I like where he can potentially take this team. I just don't think they're that team right now, right? Like, I don't think that they're quite ready. I don't think they're strong in the trenches mostly like defensive line and offensive line wise. I think Texas A&M has better athletes too, just in, in general and coming off the loss. I think that Texas A&M is going to come out and they're going to play a good football game. I think so. This is a game that, I mean, I picked 28 22. I was really wrestling with Miami or Texas A&M in this one, because again, I'm not a big believer in Jimbo, even though he does have a lot of talent, but I've actually picked the talent just because I don't, I, I think Miami's still a little bit of ways from being mm-hmm. that team. And Texas A&M does this every year, man. They have a decent win, and then they have a bad loss. They have a decent win, bad loss, and it's just kind of the rotating door yeah. at Texas A&M. So opted for the talent in this one. Yeah, and I think that's a I think it's a smart one, and I, and I think too Texas A&M has speed on defense or on offense, excuse me, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to use it. Now Haynes King has a lot of speed too, but as a passer, he didn't know how to use that speed. He couldn't get the ball where it needed to get to against a, a team with a pulse. A team that, by the way, gave yeah. up 63 points the week before to North Carolina, by the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. You know, and so – and they went out and got 14. So uh, I think that there is talent there. That, and the other thing, too, is Miami's still growing. Miami's still learning. They were able to kind of come out the first couple weeks and beat up on a couple not very good teams, if we're being honest. You know, and they beat up on Bethune-Cookman, who's awful, and they, they beat up on Southern Miss last week. I didn't think Miami looked super great last week, to be completely honest with you, in beating no. Southern Miss. You know, this is a team that lost to Liberty in the opener. You know, and Liberty's okay, but they're not great. Uh, but Miami has, has played sound football so far in their two games, for the most part, in my opinion. And that's going to be a, what you're going to see from Mark Cristobal. They're going to be physical, and they're going to play sound football. 
I think that Miami has the better quarterback in the game, but that gap has narrowed with Max Johnson playing over. I'm a big fan of Max Johnson. Now, he is not an NFL guy. He is not a future first-round pick. He's just a good, productive college quarterback. And the reason he keeps getting benched is for the same reason Hendon Hooker kept getting benched at Virginia Tech, because coaches fall in love with the traits and the tools, and he doesn't have those tools. Right. He just doesn't have the big arm. He doesn't have like he's not like an elite athlete that can go out there and run for 100 yards every game. Like, I mean, Haynes King would be like a great, like an old school, like Nebraska quarterback or something Mm -hmm. like that. Or like, you know, what what Clemson was doing back with Woody Dancer back in the day, you know, when he was the first ever 2000, 1000 quarterback, 2000 passing yards, 1000 rushing yards. You know, like that's the kind of offense that, that Haynes King needs to be running in. And and I don't understand why he keeps recruiting quarterbacks like that. He did the same thing with Connor Wegman last year, who's mm-hmm. a really good run throw quarterback. I love Connor Wegman, but my whole thing was, but you're going to a school with a coach that has no clue how to use that kind of guy, none. And and so that's a bit problematic to me. But Max Johnson to me can run the kind of offense that Jimbo Fisher wants him to run, and and can get Our the style. ball yes, and can get the ball out accurately to his court to his players. And 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 get you there. I mean, we've seen him put up big numbers before. I mean, I, again, I don't, I don't understand why he doesn't he doesn't get. I mean, he, he look his dad's. We all know who his dad is, right? His dad's Brad mm-hmm. Johnson, former NFL quarterback. Yeah. You know, I, maybe they don't like lefties. I don't know. Maybe that's I hate, it. And I that's, hate lefties. I hate. I mean, them, so. you know, I, I don't know what I don't know what it is. But here's what I know about this kid: when he when he plays. He puts up numbers. That's I mean, it's just it's as simple as that. I mean, like when they played UCLA last year, they didn't lose because of him. You know what I mean? Like he threw 330 against UCLA, 372 against Central Michigan, five touchdowns, 280 against Mississippi State in a win, 325 against Auburn. He threw 261 at Kentucky. Now they got blown out, but that's a pretty good day's work for them. Uh 319 against Louisiana Monroe, and then 306, three touchdowns in a win over Texas AM last year. And so it's like, why did you bring him in if you're just going to start Haynes King, right? But Jimbo <laughs> just has this thing where he wants a dual threat quarterback, but he has no clue how to use it. It's like it's like if if you were to like bring me a brand new car and it's just this gorgeous, super expensive car, but it's a stick shift. Hey, guess what? <laughs> I don't know how to drive a stick shift. I've never driven a stick shift before. So I may <laughs> love the car. It's a cool car and it looks good in my driveway, but I don't know how to use it, right? So until Jimbo learns how to use that kind of quarterback, he needs to stop recruiting him. And and recruit more kids like this because Max Johnson, I think, can run this offense. In my opinion, maybe it maybe it's the uh, maybe it's the Haynes King uh, throwing motion. That you oh my god, that is the weirdest thing. <laughs> I don't know what that is like. Mm, mm, you know, like it's the it's weirdest like, looking thing. It's man. like throwing darts, man. I don't know. Yes. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Weirdest thing I've ever seen. So I'm going a And M in this game. Will I be shocked if Miami wins? No, Ryan. I don't no. think. I mean, predicted close games, but I think a And M wins this one. And and I think Miami's going to learn some stuff from it, and and I, I I feel good win or lose about this game. They're going to have Middle Tennessee and North Carolina coming up at home the next two weeks. I see Miami being four and one. Then they're at Virginia Tech. That game looks winnable. Home against Duke at Virginia. They got a chance to go on a roll here. The only thing mm-hmm. that could stall that is if they get waxed. Yes, that's what they have to avoid is getting waxed where you're confident confidence goes down as long as Miami battles for 60 minutes I think they come out of this game with some confidence and they go on a roll and I I'll say I'll be the winner going into this game whether Miami wins or lose I feel much better about picking them to win 
their division than I did even when I made the prediction. So that's where I'm at with that. Love it. So Ryan, let's move on to our next game. The uh, the only, there's two games this weekend between ranked teams. One is Miami and Texas A&M. The other one is BYU at Oregon. Mm-hmm. And BYU has flat dominated Power Five teams the last two years. I mean, just yeah. like their success against Power Five teams the last two years is really impressive. They beat Baylor in overtime last week, and I believe they went five and one last year against Power Five. Six and one, excuse me, six and one against Power Five teams. So they are seven and two or seven and one against Power Five teams the last two years. They've beaten Arizona, Utah, Arizona State. They lost to Baylor last year, got redemption on that, beat Washington State at Washington State, beat Virginia, and then beat USC last year at USC. BYU comes into this game as the favorite, and Oregon is still the team in everyone's perception that got destroyed by Georgia. Now, nobody's talking about what they did to Eastern Washington this past week, and I know why. It's an FCS school. That's a Mm -hmm. really good FCS school. That is an FCS school that went 10 and 3 last year and made it to the national playoffs. Beating them 70 to 14 is not something to sniff at. It's not like Miami beating Bethune Cookman by the same score. Bethune Cookman's not good. Eastern Washington is good. So I think they bounced back. Now we need to find out if they can bounce back against somebody that's as big and as bad as they are that can pop them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to find out this week because I was actually surprised how Oregon bounced back from that game. I was. I thought they were going to come out and just be like Notre Dame was against Marshall. And this is the thing. I give them a lot of credit. Dan Lanning, I give him a lot of credit because you got embarrassed on national TV in week one, and your team came out ready to play the next week. And I know the competition wasn't good, but again, we're talking about a playoff team at the FCF level, a team that won the championship a few years ago. Different coach. I get that. But this is a good FCS program, and you annihilated them. That tells me a little something about this team but not enough for me to confidently say, oh, yes, they're definitely going to beat BYU. I mm-hmm. did, however, predict them to win this game. I do have uh, Oregon winning this game. I think that BYU's got their little banged up on, on the perimeter. I'm not a big fan of Baylor, off honestly, offensively. And, and I think that that was a grit, real good, gritty win, Ryan. But mm-hmm. I just think Oregon has is going to be able to, to hurt BYU from a speed standpoint, I saw some things offensively last week from Oregon that I liked. Mm-hmm. If they can build on those things, I think this team is going to, is going to win this game and going to Oregon and beating them a week after an overtime win against Baylor is, is tough sledding. And if they can do it and all of a sudden BYU becomes a legitimate playoff conversation team moving forward, legitimate. Cause then they'll also have Notre Dame coming up in a few weeks. So that's my thoughts on this game, Ryan. What say you? Not so fast, my friends. <laughs> BYU is a more physical team than Oregon, and I'm not picking Bo Nix. It's all it comes down to, man. Not picking Bo okay, Nix. Besides your hatred for Bo Nix, what other things do you like about this match? In all seriousness, th- what other things well, do you like about this matchup? For, for I, I think that BYU – I just want to kind of yeah. dive into the analysis of it. I think for me, Oregon defensively, on the defensive line mm-hmm. specifically, Brandon Dorius is a pretty good defensive lineman. He's undersized, though, right? Mm-hmm. They're undersized. DJ Johnson is a decent pass rusher, not much of a run stopper. I think BYU has a clear advantage in the trenches in this game. They have guys like Blake Freeland, um, uh, Barrington, Clark Barrington at, yeah. at offensive guard. I think yeah, he's also two of their linemen on, center. Our all, on our all opponent team for Notre Dame this year. Yep. Yep. They also have an Oregon transfer at right tackle. Apparently, that's a pretty good football player as well. So I think or, I think 
BYU has the clear advantage in the trenches, at least offensively versus defensively. Agreed. I'm not. I wasn't a big fan of what I saw from Oregon's offensive line the two weeks mm-hmm. ago. I know it was against yeah. Georgia, but like I just, I don't know. They just looked to take yeah. slow. They didn't look overly physical. So I think BYU is just a more physical football team, and I trust mm-hmm. their quarterback more. I think Jaron sure. Hall oh, yeah. is a very dependable oh, yeah. player. I. I Good athlete. I wouldn't say that he's like this dynamic player, though, right? Like, he's got some dual threat to him. He's a pretty you know good decision maker. Me yeah. He reminds me of he does for BYU what mm-hmm. Sam Erlinger did for Texas. That's he was one. not in a dynamic athlete. He was not a four-four guy. He just was a baller good player. Good he player. could just make plays. And mm-hmm. I, Jaron Hall reminds me a lot of Sam Erlinger in that regard. That's interesting. He just makes plays. You know, I, I don't, he's, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Malik Cunningham. Yeah. He's not that kind of athlete, a quarterback, but yet he makes a lot of plays. That's that's not a bad one at all. Because I, I also just like Jared Hall. I don't know if he's an NFL kid. I don't know if he'll stick there. But like he's just a really good college quarterback, man. Like he's gonna he's gonna keep you in the game. And I think that you're a more physical team than Oregon. So at the end of the day, yep. you're more physical, and I'm gonna trust your quarterback a little more. Sure. So I'm gonna opt. For sure. that, and then Dan Landing has something to prove, and I think BYU has a good yeah. coaching staff. Though they've had some familiarity, consistency over the last couple of years, so give me the give me the consistency of BYU. I picked thirty four to twenty eight, but the more I talk about it, Brian, I think this might the game might be a, even more lopsided than I think it could be. Like, I, th- I think BYU has a chance to run away with this one a little bit. Sean Sean Davis has a BYU thirty four twenty three. You went thirty four twenty six. Andrew McDonough went thirty one sixteen in favor of BYU. Hmm. And so I'm the only person that picked Oregon. So you guys are going to all have a chance to gain on me this week, or I'm going to pull get some separation. You're you're, the, uh, you're a big Bo Knicks guy, so I'm no, not, it's not even about that. I'm just it's not about that. I don't hate him like you hate him, and I acknowledge that there are times when Bo looks like trash, and there's times Bo looks really good. Sure. And we'll find out which version of Bo Nix we're going to get this weekend. It really just comes down to, I don't disagree with anything that you said about the trenches. Mm-hmm. I think Romney and I, for the life of me, cannot remember the name of the other receiver that's that was out last week. They're neither of them are going to be a hundred percent this week. Although I do expect uh, Nikula, both of them to play. Yes, Nikula yes. or something. Yeah, I expect yeah. both of them to play. He is one mm-hmm. of the more dynamic route runners in college football. By the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if they're going to be hundred percent this week. I think that's going to hurt them. I think yeah. that they're not real dynamic speed wise. I do think that they'll score. Uh, my score was 34, 31. I do think this is going to be a high scoring game. I just think that Oregon, Oregon speed on the perimeter is really where I'm going with this one. And so, right. yes, they are better in the trenches, but it's at Oregon. So that, I mean, the home field advantage does matter. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think that Oregon, I liked how Oregon responded to that embarrassment from the opener. Again, I know it was an FCS school, but they Sorry. didn't have – they could have slept walk through it. And Eastern Washington's a good football team. I mean, they are for that level. They're a good football team for that level. Mm-hmm. Should they beat Oregon? No, they shouldn't beat Oregon. Should it be a close game? No, it should have been a close game. Should it have been 70-14? to 14? No, right? That tells me Oregon did something. And I liked the balance, honestly, in, the, in game two. I did not like the balance in game one. I'm not a huge Kenny Dillingham fan, to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. as an offensive coordinator, but I do think they come and get this one done. I do. I think, th- but I think this is what Oregon's going to be all year. There's going to be games you're like, yep, Up Oregon turned the corner, they're back, and then the next week they lose to, like, Arizona at yeah. home. You know I what I mean? Like, that. That's that's how they're going to be this year, in my opinion. I, I really think that. I really did, think that. So. Did you see for BYU last last week, they had a kid that caught nine catches for over 100-something yards, last name Roberts. Great last name. Mm-hmm. Great, great last great name. Last name. Yeah. Yep. yeah, there you go. Tremendous. 
Only good athletes have that last name. So Ryan has BYU winning 30, uh, 27 to, or excuse me, 34 to 26. You could see it being, so you're, you're saying if you're off score wise, it's because you think BYU wins by even more. Yes. I have BYU winning 34 to 31. Let's get to this next game, Ryan. And this is going to be a very interesting game. In my opinion, it's, we're going to stay out in the pack 12. We're going to go number 11, Michigan State at Washington. Now, the first thing that we can both admit is we really don't know how good Washington is because in the first two games, Washington has played Kent State, who's not good, and Portland State, who's not good. And they destroyed both of them. But here's what I do know. Kalen DeBoer is one of the better offensive minds in all of college football. He was that way all the way back to, where was he, like Sioux Falls? Right when he was dominating at Sioux Falls at NIA and NAIA as a as an offensive coordinator at every level he's been at, he did a great job at Indiana, and then he did a great job at Fresno. Took over at Fresno, turned them into a big time program. And the thing about this matchup that I find really fascinating is Washington was such a horribly coached football team last year under Jimmy Lake. They were undisciplined. The coaches had no discipline. You got coaches striking players. Uh, they were in just silly penalties, missing on things. The issue at Washington, what I know it was not, was talent. They did not lack talent. They lacked coaching. And I think that this is a thing, this is where this game comes into play for me. So Michigan State is a good football team. And they're they're running the ball well. They've got one of the better running back, uh, running back depth charts in college football. Obviously, we know about Jalen Berger, who's had two good first games. But they also have Jarek Broussard who was a really good runner at Colorado, has, has done some nice things in the first couple of games as the number two. And they have Elijah Collins, who's like three years ago, rushed for almost 1,000 yards at Michigan State. Very good backfield, good running game. Peyton Thorne has not been sharp so far for me. Uh, they have one good receiver this year, where they had two last year. And so when I look at this matchup, I think that Michigan State should be able to move the ball on Washington. But what I don't think is I don't think that Michigan State is going to be able to stop Washington. And this is really what it comes down to for me. So for my prediction, I'm going Washington 38 and Michigan State 33. And the reason I'm going with that is I do think Michigan State will be able to move the ball. I think they'll be able to run the ball. They'll get some big plays. But I don't think that Michigan State has a chance to stop the pass game at Washington. And I don't know what it is about Michael Penix and playing in this kind of offense. You know, we saw it in 2019, Kalen DeBoer's last year. We saw it in 2020 where there was still a lot of the Kalen DeBoer influence uh, for him. And he had some really big numbers in the COVID year. And his numbers the first two weeks are tremendous. Now, again, I know the competition hasn't been that great. But here's what I like about it. Okay, number one, I love the system. I love Kalen DeBoer. He's been on my radar for years as an offensive coordinator. That's obviously out the window now because he's head coach. Uh, but as an offensive mind, he was a guy that was on my radar. Love what he does schematically. He knows how to get his teams ready to play. They execute at a high level. Ryan, you and I had the quarterback at uh, Jake he- it's Hefner, right? I always get his last name. Hefner, Hainer. excuse me. Hayner. There you go. We yep. had him as in our top 15 quarterbacks this year, and a lot of it was just he was from Washington. And and Kalen DeBoer did a great job coaching him up and getting him going, and we're seeing this him continue to build on that success. And, and with Washington, they came out, and Michael Penix, the first two games, was on fire. But the mm-hmm. other thing is they didn't have Rome Adunzi in the in the last game. He didn't play. And with him out, you know, the, it's like, okay, well, one of your better receivers. So Giles Jackson, a transfer from Michigan, steps in, and he ha- goes for over 100 yards. You know, against Portland State, again, 
but six catches for 105 yards. Well, you're going to get Rome back this week. I love Jalen McMillan. Everybody knows that I've loved him since high school. You're start, finally starting to see Jalen McMillan step out. Now that he has a – here's a crazy thought. Now that they're actually playing him and giving him a chance to play and he has a quarterback can actually complete passes, he looks like a star again. Nine catches, two hundred over 200 yards, three touchdowns in two games. Mm-hmm. So, And this is against a team that last year finished dead last in college football and pass defense. I don't think they've improved that much. They play two teams that can't throw the football. That's what I think from the first two weeks. Now, are they going to be better in pass defense this year? Yeah, I think so. But I think they're going to – Can't get I think much worse. Say, no. Can't get <laughs> – literally can't get worse. Like, literally yeah. there's no one beneath them last year. So, I have a feeling that this is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout from two contrasting styles of play. But mm-hmm. I think Washington wins in the end because I think they're, they're – Michael Penix, if he can stay healthy, that system with the talent they're going to have a receiver – they have they have three receivers on the team that have already basically had 100 yard games. Rome was like six yards underneath that in the opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they're going to come out and roll offensively. Washington's defense is going to make enough stops to win the game in the end. Washington 38, Michigan State 33. Ryan Roberts, what say you? So I mean, we 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 have a similar outlook in the sense that I also think Washington is going to win this football game. I picked a little bit of a lower score just because I. I think the Washington defense is, is very improved this year, Brian, and I agree. I think that there's going to be some success for Michael Penix and, and throwing to guys like Jalen McMillan and Giles Jackson and all those. You know, They have a three-headed beast at receiver right now, so I can see them throwing the football around the yard a little bit. For you know, just I just think the tempo of the, of the game is going to be a little bit slower just because I think that the Washington defense is going to kind of come to play a little bit and it's going to be a little bit more ball control. But either way, I think that Washington's going to win out because I just – I think that Michigan State is going in a good direction. I thought yeah. last year you saw a lot of great things from Mel Tucker. I'm just not convinced that there's state power yet at that right. level, right? So I think they're going to take a slight step back, just naturally, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be a slight regression. They're not going to be as good as they were last year. So I think that they're going to be a good football team, but I think Washington just has some good stuff going with them right now, man. And honestly, I just watched a little bit of their, their film on the coaches' film. Yeah. I'll say this. Jalen McMillan's a dude. And I'll tell you who else is a dude. Braylon Trice, I think, is going to have a good football game on the defensive mm-hmm. side of football. Okay. Man, he's he's played he played again. Didn't play great teams yet. But Ryan, they were not as bad as their record last year. Can we? Like, nah. This this that was 2016 Notre Dame stuff, mm-hmm. where they were 10 and three the year before. They went 10 and three the year after. It just was the perfect storm of bad coaching and stupidity. Nope. And undisciplined all kind of came together with four and eight last year, right? I this is a team that the year before during the COVID year was four and one, mm-hmm. a three three and one, right? Their only losses to Stanford. So you really don't know what they were that year. That was a mess of a year. And I think that hurt them as well. 2019, they were eight and five. They had a one point loss to Cal, four point loss to Oregon, five point loss to Utah, six point loss to Colorado, right? They're not a bad team. In 2018, they went 10 and four. In 2017, they went 10 and three. In 2016, they made the college football playoff and went 12 and two. Last year was the anomaly. Yeah. This team didn't all of a sudden not have talent. And I'm telling you right now, Terrell Bynum by the end of the season is going to greatly regret leaving Washington to go to USC. I get why he did it. I believe he left before Kalen DeBoer uh, became the head coach, but he would be. Could you imagine if Terrell Bynum was still there? With Rome and Jalen McMillan and Giles Jackson in the slot, what kind of numbers this pass game would be putting up right now? So it's they nuts. never, they didn't, ha- they didn't lose talent. This is it's like with Notre Dame in 2016. Oh, Notre Dame doesn't have players. They have the same players they had last year and the same players they have next year for the most part. I mean, you lost some guys, but you have other guys stepping up. It was never a talent thing. It was a poor coaching thing. 
And that's what I see from Washington. So, and and yeah. th- and I think if Michigan State wins this game, it is a huge statement that that Mel Tucker has this thing completely turned around. I thought last year was a little bit of smoke and mirrors at times. The Big Ten was Agreed. a little bit down. Uh, they kind of caught lightning in a bottle. Nobody thought Kenneth Walker was going to be what he was last year. No. I actually like the depth of their running backs better this year. Nobody's as good as Kenneth Walker is. True. But I and I talked about this when you had to step away, Ryan. Mm-hmm. When you look at uh, when you look at the the Jalen Berger, who's a good back. Jarek yep. Broussard was a really good runner at Colorado before he yep. came there. And then Elijah Collins was a borderline thousand yard back early in his career at Michigan State. It's a good backfield. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think this is a, t- I think Washington is a top 25 caliber team. So even though they're unranked, I do think this is them going on the road and playing a top 25 caliber football team. And it's a, t- it's a tough ask to ask them to do that. But if they can keep it competitive, then that's a win for me. But if they go on the road and beat Washington, mm-hmm. that's a big signal for Michigan State that they are truly, they have truly turned a corner and put the couple bad years behind them. I'll, I'll say this too. One last note about Washington, Brian, is that Michael Penix, when he's got, when he doesn't have chaos around him, he's a pretty good quarterback, yeah. man. Like that, that was the biggest thing at Indiana was the offensive line wasn't good and he would just get injured a ton, right? Because he was getting hit so much. Washington, even without, um, Jackson Kirkland, who was their you know star left tackle, even though he had a terrible game against Michigan last year, he's been out this year. But they still have uh, Rosengarten, I think is his last name. Yeah. Rod- Andrew Rosengarten, I, I, or Roger Rosengarten, I yeah. forget. But he's Get a good right tackle. Yeah. yeah, number seventy three. He's a good football player. They have a number fifty five that's filling in at left tackle for Kirkland. That's done a really nice job in pass yeah. protection. So I, as long as you keep Kirkland's going to be back for this game, either from what I read, I, it's been about twenty four hours since I did a check on that, but it sounded mm-hmm. like he was probably going to be out again this game. And, and even without him right now, they are protecting at a very high level. Again, not against a great team, but I also don't think like I think Michigan State's got a pretty good, a couple pretty good interior rushers. Yeah. Like they have the um, Slade kid, and then they have the Barrow kid, who's a younger player, Simeon Barrow. But they don't really have any defensive ends that like worry me a ton, right? So I think Washington's going to be able to protect the passer enough, and I think that they're going to eke out a victory. I had twenty-four to twenty-one in my prediction. So you had uh, third. What you, what was your score? Twenty-four to twenty-one, Washington. Okay, yeah, you do have a lower scoring game. Some of the other scores bit. that we had. Uh, Sean Davis predicted Washington to win 37-24. We were mixed on this one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Styers has Michigan State winning 34-28. to Andrew McDonough has Washington winning 33-20. So we were all sort of in the same – everyone believes it's going to be a competitive game. And, and the only thing that would surprise me – would not surprise me if Michigan State wins. The only thing that would surprise me is if one of the two teams got blown out. That would surprise me. I think this is going to be a good football game. And it, it might be one of the more entertaining football games of the weekend, if not the most entertaining game of the weekend. I agree. Because I think it's, it's, it, I love, I love games with contrasting styles. Mm-hmm. And Michigan State will throw it. They're not like, they're not like old school, like, you know, Wisconsin, right? They're, they're, they run it, but they, they threw the ball well. I mean, part of the, everybody talked about Kenneth Walker last year, but their two receivers is what made the difference for them because they could take the pressure off of Kenneth Walker. If you tried to Jaylen, load the box, the Jalen, the Jalen's man, Jalen Naylor yeah. and Jalen yeah. Reed. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish the other kid would have come back this year. I really wish he would have come back this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause if he would have come back, cause he had another year. If, if Naylor would have come back, boy, that, 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 with Keon Coleman, that group would have been really fun to watch. And my prediction might be a little bit different, but I haven't been in love with what I've seen from Peyton Thorne so far this year, to be honest with nah. you, Ryan. Now, again, it's bad competition. Maybe he's not amped up for it. But I think that's one of the things that, that has me not super confident in this game. Because I think Washington, as you said, Washington has some good defense. I think they're going to be able to – if Michigan State can't hit some shots outside, 
they're going to be able to slow down the run game enough to give their offense a chance to, to win this one. So it'll be a fun yep. game. It's going to be yep. a fun game. Agreed. Let's get to our next game, Ryan. And this is going to be an interesting one. And that is Penn State at Auburn. Mm-hmm. And this is another one where I kind of went against the grain with everybody. And it's not so much that I have any faith in Auburn because I really don't have a lot of faith in <laughs> Auburn right now. Yeah. It's just that, number one, Auburn can't be that bad. <laughs> it's like I'm convinced think so? myself of that. You don't think so? <laughs> I think they have players. I think they have some players. Like they're not, they're not a team devoid of talent. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just it was such a weird two games. And it just kind of reminds me a lot of what we saw from Notre Dame in 2018. They're not as good as Notre Dame in 2018. But it's kind of like when they kind of slept walk through the Ball State game and the Vanderbilt game and then kind of they finally figured it out. I think I think the 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 two wins they had, although they were ugly, they needed them because it has been such a tumultuous offseason. Like they just needed to get some confidence rolling. And I, I look at – I think they can slow down the Penn State run attack. I do not think Penn State runs the ball right now. They ran the ball well last week against Ohio. Ohio's not good. Nice. They could not run on Purdue, right? I mean, they could not run on Purdue. The, Purdue gave them that game. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Brom cost his team that football game. And I'm, I'm as big of a Jeff Brom supporter as there is. He did a terrible job in the last five minutes of that game. Mm-hmm. They should be one and one right now with a loss to Purdue. I don't think Auburn's that good. I just don't think Penn State's that good right now. And, and you know, the quarterback situation is a little bit of a, a tricky thing, you know, because you got all these people calling for, for Drew Aller, even though Sean Clifford's the winner. And I just – I look at this, and I and I don't know if Penn State – I just haven't liked what I've seen from – I don't even know if I can put my finger on it, Ryan. I just – and I'm someone who predicted Penn State to be a bounce-back team this year, but mm-hmm. I just haven't liked – the body language I've seen from that team. I think they, you know, I'd like, you know, maybe that the way they came back against Purdue is going to spark them, but I didn't love what I saw against Ohio. They're just better than Ohio. You know what I mean? Like I didn't love it, but then, you know, Auburn beat San Jose state 24 to 16. So I haven't really been impressed with either one of these football teams so far. And, and, you know, if, if they had anybody but TJ Finley at quarterback, I'd easily, I'd feel really good about picking Auburn. But my Mm -hmm. thing I said in my prediction is, he can't be this bad, right? Like, I mean, like he was so bad in the first two games. He can't be that bad. He's due for some kind of decent game, right? That's what I've convinced myself of, Ryan. And that's All right. that was the reasoning behind me picking him. But it's in, in, in seriousness, though, I picked Auburn 24-20. I think Penn State will have some kind of mistake, some kind of turnover, some kind of kick mistake, something like that that's going to allow, uh, allow Auburn to win this game. I just – and it really comes down to – I just, I'm not, I'm, I just haven't liked what I've seen from Penn State up front in either game so far. And that's, that's not where you want to not be good against Auburn, in my opinion. So I'm going to start with Penn State because I did pick Penn State to win this football mm-hmm. game. I'll end with my prediction. The, okay. the things I like about Penn State, Nicholas Singleton, I think is going to be a stud. To your oh, point, yeah. didn't run the ball great against in the first game against Purdue, but I'm going to assume that there's going to be a trajectory. Not because here. of him. Yes. <laughs> not because of him. Well, but Brian, I think that there are a couple of decent pieces up front for the offensive line. There's for several good pieces. They just I, can't I, put it together. I, I know they can't. I know they can't, but I'm, I'm going to, I, I think that it's going to get better as the season goes on. I think Fashanu at left tackle is a really good player. I think that Landon Tangwell is a good football player inside as well. So I think Penn State's offensive line is going to improve. 
as will I do the freshman Nick Singleton. I think Parker Washington's a good football player. And Penn State's always going to have talent on defense. Like They're always going to have some guys, right? So this year it's Joey Porter Jr. and number 23, I forget his name, that the linebacker is a decent mm-hmm. little football player. So Adisa Isaac is a decent pass rusher yep. as well on that team. So that's kind of what they're working with this year from a structural perspective. The reason I picked Penn State, though, is not as much about Penn State as it is about Auburn. I right. just – don't see it with Auburn, yeah. man. I just don't. I mean, yeah, there's a couple good football players. Tank sure. Bigsby is a good running back, no doubt. The defensive end, Derek Hall, is a good football player, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But offensive line, I think, is pretty not great. Mm-hmm. TJ Finley, I know, is pretty not great. So he's I just, so I, I just, he's, so I, he's, he's really bad, man. He's really bad. And I think that that team is just. I think they're a, a, oh. an implosion away from just a new coaching staff and just yeah. a new. There's a new culture there, right? Like I just I think they're in a really bad situation. So yeah. again, I'm not a big, not a big James Franklin guy. Yeah. Definitely not a big Sean Clifford guy. But I'm just I'm just don't yeah. believe in anything that uh, that Auburn's doing right now. So I had Penn State 27-17 over Auburn because Auburn will still yeah. Penn State's not gonna blow them out because Auburn still does have some talent to your point. Sure. I just I right. just can't believe in Auburn at all. Yeah. I just can't do it. I get it, dude. Trust me, I get it. I, I completely understand it. I just mm-hmm. I just did. I I just and and I don't like what Manny Diaz is doing defensively. No, I don't. I, don't. I, I, I agree don't. there. I agree there. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, this was one of the t- this was the toughest game to predict this weekend. To be completely honest with you, just because, like you said, it's like which team not playing great do I want to pick? I will say this: mm-hmm. the winner of this game is going to have a boost, in my opinion. Because I, I think Auburn's talent is a little better than you think, than I think maybe, and again, I'm reading into your comments, so I, I could be incorrect. Yeah. I think their talent's a little better than you think it is. This isn't a vintage Auburn team that just has poor coaching. This mm-hmm. is a team that hasn't recruited well under Brian Harson so far. But they're not a team devoid of athletes. They have some athletes. And when you look at their schedule, they are 2-0. and uh, they they have Missouri at home the next week, LSU at home the next week. Then their schedule ramps up a little bit. I think that this is the kind of win that Auburn needs to kind of get some confidence and some momentum to be able to put together a good season. If they lose at home to Penn State, that will begin the implosion, and Brian Harson will not be the coach by the by game twelve. That's my prediction. Well, good news for them is that they have Missouri next week, who is terrible. Yes, so they, they can always terrible. have a bounce. But if back. they lose this game, I could see them like just. Going, going in the off, toilet, right? Yeah, yeah, and then the yeah. opposite is true. If Penn State goes on the road and wins this game, <laughs> then I feel the same thing about what I just said about Auburn. I think that that is the thing that kind of gives Penn State the momentum that they need to go out and say, okay, we got this W. You've got Central Michigan coming up next. You've got Northwestern coming up after that. All of a sudden, Penn State jumps way up in the rankings, and they've got some momentum. They've got some confidence. The Because off- I think if they win this game, it most likely means the offensive line does start to come together. I believe mm-hmm. Salim Morley still is starting right guard as well, correct? I believe he's he, still starting he right maybe. guard. Maybe. I know I know they he's moved uh, out of high school. They moved Juice Suggs or Scruggs or whatever to center. Yeah. And I, uh, yep. the Caden Wallace kid at right tackle is bad. He's a bad football player. Yeah. But, he was a pretty highly ranked kid coming out of high school. But, yes. But I just – if they win this game, it means that unit starts to come together. And if that unit starts to come together, that's what Penn State needs to bounce back. Mm-hmm. And so I think they start going. The, the concern I have with them too, Ryan, is I don't – they have some players on defense, but they don't have the players they've had, top to bottom. Like, you know, the kid you talked about on the edge player, he's a nice player, but, like, mm-hmm. they've had guys like Jason Owe. And, I mean, they've had some 
dudes on the edge in recent years and haven't really utilized them. You know, they completely underutilized Brandon Smith, partly because Brandon Smith didn't want to hit anybody, right? But, you know, I don't see the talent there. Curtis Brooks is the kid you were referring to. The other Curtis Brooks, yeah. He's a good player. He can run. He can run. Right. But they lost their mic from last year, who I thought was a a good leader for them, Ellis Brooks. Mm -hmm. I just don't see the top-to-bottom talent that they've had in past years. And Joey Porter's excellent. But, like, they would have him plus three other future NFL players in the secondary, right? And combine that with Manny Diaz. So, like, your lack of faith in T.J. Finley is very is exactly where I am with my lack of faith in – or your lack of faith in Bo Nix is exactly where I am from a coaching standpoint with Manny Diaz. Uh, I, I don't, ha- I don't right. have any confidence in T.J. Finley either, so your point right. stands either right. way. <laughs> so, uh, he's so bad. He's At least really bad Bo Nix, it's frustrating because, you like, you see him, he has some talent, and he can have yes. some good games. T.J. Finley just isn't talented in my opinion. And I, I've never understood the infatuation with him. Like he's, he, he, it, it, one, one touchdown, three interceptions so yeah. far. Like just, yeah, it's not good. It's not, it's not against great. against a mighty competition of San Jose State and Mercer. But here's one thing I will say, and this is going to sound silly. Part of the reason is too is I've really been impressed with Auburn's run defense so far. People, are like, oh, they shut down Mercer. Mercer ran for almost 400 yards the week before. Mercer's mm-hmm. a decent one double A football team. Like we make fun of them because like Alabama plays them all the time, yep. but like they they're a really good running football team, right? And and they held them to seventy four yards. They completely shut down San Jose State. And like San Jose State, yeah, but they did what you're supposed to do to a team that you're way better than. They shut I, I down. Do, I do you know? like the I do like the linebacker for Auburn, o, yeah. Owen Popo or whatever he however yeah. he pronounces his name. Mm-hmm. He's a good football he was a big player. time recruit coming out of high school. He's played well, man. He he got yeah. injured last year, but he's he's put some mm-hmm. good film on there. So I just I just think they have better players than maybe some people think, and I think mm-hmm. they're going to win this game. But this is this is going to be a very this is one of the most impact games of the weekend. Meaning how this game impacts is going to send potentially send each team on a completely different direction than they otherwise would have gone in. So that that'll make this one very fascinating. Let's get to a couple other games, Ryan. Uh, here's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma and Nebraska. I don't really, I'm not going to offer predictions for these next two, but Oklahoma yeah. Nebraska is a very fascinating game for me because I, I thought that this game was a game that Nebraska could win going into the season if Scott Frost got the team playing to its potential because yeah. Nebraska has some players. They gave Oklahoma a game last year in Norman, just like they gave everyone a game. But it it, it has boggled my mind that with your job on the line – because of how undisciplined your program has been, that Scott Frost has somehow created an even more undisciplined program than what he had before. It's embarrassing. And and he needed to be, I, I don't often advocate, I don't advocate for people to be fired. I didn't advocate for him to be fired because I just don't do that. He would have been someone that if I was covering that program, I would have advocated for him being fired. Because one of the things I've said is I will not, it's not my job to call for you to be fired unless I feel you're doing things non-football related to bring about your dismissal and and where you can't be the leader of these young men. And that's as much as anything why he got fired as much as anything than what is happening on the field. Yep. So one of two things is going to happen this weekend in this game, Ryan. One, the, the implosion will continue in full force at Nebraska, coming off of a loss to Georgia Southern. Full force, they will implode. Then the other one is – now that he's been fired, that cancer has been removed from the program and everybody settles down and they get back to playing, 
you know, to their potential. And Oklahoma looks at this team and says they're one and two. They lost to Northwestern and Georgia Southern. We're going to roll this team and they overlook them. I'm leaning towards the implosion continues. But what makes this game fascinating is if Nebraska plays a clean game, they are a talent. I don't want to say they're a good football team because they're not a good football team. They have talent. They're a talented football team. That's what's going to make this finish. And I still don't know if we know really what know who Oklahoma is. Because th- that's where we're at with some of these teams early in the year, Ryan, because some of these teams have played the competition they've played has just been so bad that I don't if we I don't think we really know what we have in these teams. You know, Oklahoma's yeah. played UTEP and Kent State, and honestly, they've won by 32 and 30. Mm-hmm. They were relatively underwhelming wins. I mean, North Texas beat beat UTEP 31 to 13. UTEP's one and two right now. Their win was a seven point win over New Mexico State. You know, I mean, so, uh, you know, I'm just not, I'm not in love. Kent State is 0 and 2. They lost by 25 to Washington and 30 to to Oklahoma. So I'm just not in love with what I've seen so far from Oklahoma. More so, not in love. I just don't know if I know a lot about what this team is made of yet. And whereas Nebraska has kind of been through the fire a little bit so far this year. It's fair. I mean, I think that there's there are two wild card teams in different ways, right? Like you don't know how Nebraska is going to react to the, the firing of Scott Frost. Right. That they're going to right the ship a little bit. You also don't know exactly what Oklahoma is, just based upon the players, the teams they've played so far, right. and they're also a new regime, right? So I, I agree. There's a there's a little bit of a wild card factor. I'm going to take the implosion for 500, though, Alex. I'm going to take this, okay, because I think that Nebraska is going to get a lot worse this year before it eventually writes the ship a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to take Oklahoma because I think that Oklahoma's defense is going to be a little bit better, just naturally because Brett Venables has the structure of the defense. And I think that they just have more talent right now than mm-hmm. Nebraska does. And Nebraska's going through turmoil. Like, that's just my biggest right. thing right now. Because I agree. Right. Like, the Anthony Grant kid, good football player. The yeah. running back for Nebraska, the freshman. He's a good football player. They got a couple players on defense. The O'Shawn Mathis kid. And, and some the, receivers that can run, too. I mean, yeah. they just can't hang on to the ball when they've gained 50 yards against Northwestern and get stripped. Yeah. You know, when they yeah. get close to the goal line. It's, like, it's it's ugly, man. Like, it's just they're, – they're, they're If a, they had a good coach, they would have blown yeah. Northwestern out. 100%. And they would have beat – Georgia Southern, they'd be three and zero right now. I mean, that's yep. what their talent is. But it's not so easy to just say, "Hey, you you fired the coach, and it just everything's actually everything's going to click now." Yeah, right. Sometimes that happens, Ryan. We've seen it, sure. right? But sometimes the implosion continues, and that's the unknown about. And that's why I'm not making a prediction. I have no clue how this game is going to play out. But yep. I just, it's one of those things where if the new coach can kind of say, "Hey, guys." Let's just relax. We got nothing to lose. Let's go and have some fun. Let's just play Nebraska football. I could see them making this a game. I could. And, you know, but I'm not predicting it, but I could see it. I I could see them keeping it close for a little bit, like kind of playing above their head for a little bit. I just ultimately, I think, you know, Marvin Mims is of the world are just going to kind of. Sure. separate this game sure. at that point. So I know yeah. we kind of see this game similar. Yeah. I know you're just laying out like yeah. different, different. Sure. I, I'm not predicting Nebraska to win. Yeah. I'd be, a, a, it's just, this is one of those, if I'm Oklahoma, I'm a little nervous about this game. If I'm an Oklahoma fan, because like I would, if now, if Frost was still there, Oklahoma wins by 30, <laughs> right? Like that, that team's implode would have implode. I mean, they, like they didn't want him there. And he, I don't know. Like, t- there's some bad people in coaching and that's a bad dude. Yeah. Like some of the stuff I've heard is use Google folks, use Google. Cause some of the stuff I've heard from multiple sources, just the same thing over and over. 
it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like that's a not a good dude. Not a great. So that's going to make it no, no. Not a great so you're leader, shocked man. that they shocked that they play on discipline football. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're practicing every start. Where's coach? Nobody see coach. Okay, coach isn't here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay. So there you go. Um, so that's the that's my thoughts on Nebraska and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Last game, Ryan, that we're going to talk yeah. about Fresno State at USC. Now, your boy Jonathan Smith made this game a little less interesting <laughs> by pulling out a win last week. That was a big, big, big win for Oregon State yep. because this is a good Fresno State football team. It is. And and that was a really good win last week by Oregon State. A, it was. Did you watch? get a chance to watch any of the game? It's the highlights. It's a, it's a great game mm-hmm. and, and really, really good game. Uh, you know, Hayner was excellent as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just couldn't stop. They couldn't stop Oregon State. I mean, and and here's the thing. Here's what impressed me about Oregon State last week, Ryan, is they didn't even run the ball incredibly well last week against against uh, against Fresno. So that kind of surprised me a little bit. You know, they ran for a buck seventy eight, but they only went for hundred eighty like four point eight yards of carry. They they made some plays in the pass game last week. That, that's what kind of surprised me. I mean, the yards weren't great, but they made some plays. And then their defense made stops and they made stops. So, but I'll tell you what, this Fresno State team can move the ball and score. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious to see how this game goes in this matchup because um, that's going to be very, very interesting. Very, very interesting to see how this would, how this is going to play out. So this is a, it's a little bit of a strange Fresno State team, though, Brian. It's a little strange. Their offense is really good. I mean, you mentioned Jake Hayner, the wide receiver. Its name is escaping me right now, but he's a really good football player. The defense isn't that great, though, it seems early on, right? Like, they have Evan Williams, who's a pretty good safety, but otherwise, they're not playing great on the defensive side of the ball, and that's ultimately why I think that they're going to come out on the wrong end of this one, mm-hmm. USC-wise, just because I think that USC just has a little more too much firepower for them. Like, yeah. I think that... Fresno State has enough firepower of their own yep. to stay there for a little bit. But ultimately, yeah. I just think, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be Jordan Addison and, and those types of guys that are going to kind of distance yeah. themselves a little bit. So I think kinda- this game's going to be a little bit more competitive than you do. I think USC is okay. going to win. I do. Mm-hmm. I think USC, I mean, Stanford turned the ball over on three of their first four possessions last week, mm-hmm. like, and in, including, I think, twice going into score. USC's offense um, was USC's defense was not playing well against Stanford last week. Now, I mean, you allowed Stanford to run for over 200 yards. Like maybe Stanford all of a sudden became good at running the ball. We'll find out. It's still early. It's two games in. Man. But that's a little bit concerning to me if if I'm if I'm Fresno State to be or if I'm USC to be completely honest with you. And I thought that Stanford Stanford moved the ball really well. It's just they turned it over a bunch. They did. So, and I think Fresno can move the ball. I think USC is going to win because I don't think Fresno. I mean, Fresno couldn't stop Oregon State. Mm-hmm. They're they're not going to stop USC. But I think it's yeah. going to be a very interesting game. And the thing I the thing I like about it, and I, I think we have a, a USC fan in, in here. Uh, he said USC is a work in progress, and USC made a lot of mistakes. And that's why this game intrigues me because mm-hmm. we're still learning about USC. You know, how do they get? Okay, you get up for Stanford because they've smacked you in the mouth a lot lately. You, can you get up for Fresno? Do you overlook Fresno? Do you clean those things up? Like Caleb Williams starts off great and then kind of fades in the second half. 
you know, does is that just kind of who he is? We saw that a little bit from him at Oklahoma last year. We'd start off good and then kind of fade. Uh, you know, can the defense get any better? Or is this just what they're going to have to do every week? Are they just are they just Oklahoma again, where they're just going to win shootouts all the time? This is why this game really intrigues me. And I don't have a prediction for the game. I think USC is going to win. Yeah. But this game is going to be a very intriguing game because it's going to tell us a lot about USC's defense. I think it's going to tell us a little bit about Stanford, too, because if Fresno struggles to move the ball, it tells us maybe Stanford's going to be a little better team this year. Uh, but I, I, I was, I'd be a little concerned if I was a USC fan about what they did def- defensively in this game. Uh, now, is it as bad as what Notre Dame has been on offense this year? No, uh, but that's not the comparison. But do they improve? Right, because they're just two games in, man. You know, they're just two games in from trying to turn over a, a terrible program. And so, can they can they kind of come up and make stops? Because this is the kind of team that I think can really expose your defense if you're not improved. But if you can slow down Fresno, then it tells me that maybe their defense is is slowly trending in the right direction. That's going to be interesting. I think that score is going to be something like 45-31. Like I think that yeah, Fresno that. is going to keep – I think they're going to keep it close for a while, and then ultimately it's just going to be a little too much firepower. Like that's just kind yeah. of where I see it. But so basically, I think Hayden will be in the game for a while. So basically you see it being a lot like that, that uh, 2005 game. Do you remember that? I'm trying to the think. one where Reggie oh, yes. just went off. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. Fresno kept it close. So it ended up being 50 to 42, but I think Fresno scored last in that game, if I remember correctly. Maybe USC did. <laughs> but where Fresno Fresno yeah. I mean, had a lead late, and USC just had too much talent. I could see it being a lot like that. Reggie Bush had like 300 yards rushing in that game, right? Insane. Or some crazy number. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what his, his actual number. Here, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. It was a ridiculous uh, game. He was like just running to the sideline and cutting back yeah. across the yeah, green. Yeah, one more the one he like kind of put the ball behind his back. You know, he had that run, I think, in this game. Reggie had 294 rushing yards uh, mm-hmm. and 68 receiving yards in the game. And I think he had a I think he had a, a return in the game as well, if I remember correctly. Uh, but that that yeah, he had uh seven kick returns for 193 yards and a punt return for 16 yards. Just had an absolutely insane game. Uh, for them and then Paul Pinniger was the quarterback you remember Paul Pinniger he was a bad player man he, was no, he right. really wasn't he really wasn't uh Wendell Mathis was their uh was their leading rusher in the game you yeah. know so yeah it was uh it was a it was a it was a one of my f- favorite games to watch it was just like exciting up-tempo game I don't think it's gonna be quite that much scoring but I think it's gonna be a very similar up and down the field game it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch I, and I, it's a I, great I, opportunity for Jake Hayner from an NFL mm-hmm. draft standpoint to yeah. go and play against a guy that a lot of people think is an elite future, you know, first round draft pick, you know, get a chance for him to go on the road against a, a Pac-12 team, you know, for the second week in a row and shine because yep. he played really well last week. And if he can go on the road and do the same thing again this week against USC, then it's like, okay, this kid, yeah, he's small, but this kid can flat out play. He can, I, he can sling it, man. He's got a good arm for his size too. So I'm, I'm there. I, I, I like Jake Hayner actually as an NFL draft prospect. And I think he's a really, really good college quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no yep. doubt about that, man. He's he's good, and that's why I think he's going to keep. The, I think he's going to keep this game close for a while. It's just ultimately yep. USC just has a few more athletes than Fresno. Right.
Thank you.